Hey, what's up? It's comedian Roy Wood Jr. I guess I should say comedian and actor. And I'm up next on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you so much for stopping by for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 323 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week... Another actor from Sullivan and Son is going to be joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Roy Wood Jr., who is one of the stars of the show, is going to be here to talk about the show and his career and what he's done and what he's got coming up and a whole lot more. Hope you're going to be sticking around for that. He's coming up in a few minutes. And if you have a suggestion for who you would like to hear on On Screen and Beyond, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I will see what I can do about getting that person on for you. And there's just so much uh, that's going on. We've got a lot of great actors and comedians and musicians and everything else coming to On Screen and Beyond. And be sure to check out onscreenandbeyond.com. And you can go to our rerun section and you can hear every single episode for free of On Screen and Beyond. All the great actors and actresses and musicians and everything else. They're all right there from day one. What was it? Uh, Eight years ago, something like that. I don't know, seven, eight years ago. <laughs> but they're all there, and uh, it's just so many people that tell their stories, and it's so fun to hear them. But we've got a show coming your way this week, a lot of information coming your way, and Roy Wood Jr. is coming up right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness, it looks like Universal is looking at possibly remaking The Six Million Dollar Man as a movie. The 70s TV show is what it was, of course, but now they're looking at making it a big screen blockbuster. And rumors are Mark Wahlberg might just be the person to play Steve Austin. Now, that's just rumors, so we'll keep you updated on what's coming your way on that. And rumors are also now going around as to who will play the lead on the incredible Mr. Limpet remake. Now, if you remember that one, that was originally Don Knotts, if you remember that uh, movie. It was an animated live-action film back in the 60s, and uh, it was kind of a fun film, so if you get a chance, check it out. But now they're going to remake it, and there's all kinds of rumors going around who's going to be the lead on that one. So we'll keep you informed. And Disney is working on remaking Dumbo as a live-action movie. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming away as far as upcoming new movies? New movies, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg work together on The Other Guys, remember that one, and now they will reteam for another comedy called Daddy's Home. Now, it's not the same characters, but it's just them teaming up again, and uh, they are going to play, one will play a stepdad, the other will be the ne'er-do-well biological father, so that sounds like it'll be funny. Ian McKellen will be playing an aged Sherlock Holmes next year in a film called Mr. Holmes. And John Goodman will star in the thriller Valencia. And now, this is what it's about. It's about a young girl, not played by John John Goodman, though. <laughs> uh, anyways, about a young girl who gets in a car accident and wakes up in an underground cell. And she is being t- cared for by this guy 
played by John Goodman, I presume. And he's telling her that there's been a nuclear attack above ground, and they are stuck down there, and he's taking care of her. And it's a J.J. Abrams film, so it sounds like that one's going to be interesting. That is it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Olivia Munn and Benjamin Bratt and Kenny Jong are going to be joining the cast of Ride Along 2. And a spinoff of The Conjuring called Annabelle will be coming our way in October about the creepy doll that you saw in The Conjuring. And The Conjuring will also be getting a sequel, so keep you looking out for that. Annabelle will be coming your way October 3rd, so just in time for the Halloween season. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? Well, the Carol Burnett Show, The Ultimate Collection, will get wide release on September 16th in a 22-disc set. Previously, it was only available through Time Life. Now it's going to be out for general uh, purchase from all kinds of stores. October 7th, you can look for Netflix's Hemlock Grove, the complete first season to come our way. And the name of the game, Season 1, in an 8-disc set, will be coming our way possibly on August 19th. We'll keep you updated on that. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen to Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? Movies on DVD, you can look for Mom's Night Out on Blu-ray and DVD on September 2nd. And they came together with Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd. Lands on DVD and Blu-ray on September 2nd also. And the Transformers Age of Extinction will be looking at a November release on Blu-ray and DVD. That's it for Movies on DVD. Next on On Screen to Be On, it's TV and Entertainment Time. <laughs> TV and Entertainment Time. Jennifer Love Hewitt will be joining the cast of Criminal Minds next season. You can look for season 10 to premiere on CBS October 1st at 9 p.m. And Carol Kane is joining the cast of Gotham, where she will play the mother of the Penguin. Sounds interesting. And Gordon Ramsay will shut down his Kitchen Nightmare show, but he will continue his other shows on Fox. That is it for TV Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond... It's time for your birthday news. We baked you a birthday cake. If you get a tummy ache and you moan and groan and woe, don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! In the celebrity birthday news on July 13th, you can look for Patrick Stewart. He turned 74. Harrison Ford turned 72. On July 14th, it looks like Harry Dean Stanton turns 88 and Polly Bergen turns 84. July 15th, you can look for Ken Kirkshavel of Dallas to turn 79. Linda Ronstadt turns 68. On July 16th, 
Corey Feldman turns 43. And on July 17th, it looks like Donald Sutherland turns 79. Lucy Arnaz, who was a past guest here at On Screen and Beyond, turns 63. And David Hasselhoff, the Hoff, turns 62. And on July 18th, Kristen Bell turns 34. And James Brolin, 74. July 19th, it is George Hamilton turning 77. And that's it for our celebrity birthdays, but we have some on-screen and beyond listener birthdays. If you'd like to have your or a friend's or a relative's birthday mentioned here on On Screen and Beyond, send it well in advance, you know, just to give me some time. And also send uh, the person's name and the date of birth and what town they're from, and uh, anywhere in the world, and we will say uh, happy birthday to them. But the other thing, a lot of what people have done, they've just sent their first names. And if you're comfortable with that, that's fine. But if you want to send your first and last name, that's good, too. So we've got, uh, let's see, Jackie in Tampa, Florida, returning 52 this week. And it looks like Karen in Hamburg, Germany, turns 37. And John in Seattle, Washington, turns 42. That is it for birthday wishes here at On Screen and Beyond. Next on On Screen and Beyond we have another star of Sullivan and Son here from TBS. Check it out. You can watch that on Tuesday nights at 10 o'clock on TBS. Sullivan and Son is going to be coming your way all summer long, so uh, check that one out. Roy Wood Jr. is going to be here at On Screen and Beyond. He is next. Joining me today on On Screen and Beyond is a stand-up comedian who can be seen each week on the TBS show Sullivan and Son, as well as his comedy tour around the country. It's Roy Wood Jr. Roy, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. How you doing? How are you doing? And all of those other salutations. <laughs> Roy, it is great to talk to you. You are on a great show. Yeah, Sullivan and Son, it's definitely a blessing to be back on the air, season three. Uh, Tuesday nights on CBS, 10 Eastern, 9 Central. Why does Central Time always get whispered like it's the bastard child that no one wants to admit? <laughs> 10. 9 Central. Like, what did Central Time do? It didn't ask to be here. It was just born. <laughs> what about Mountain? You never hear a Mountain. Because Mountain's the secret baby that lives out of state that Dad never told you you had. <laughs> Central time, you got to acknowledge because he lives across the street. And his mama will raise hell in a court of law. <laughs> well, I can see why they put you on the show. <laughs> yeah, don't let me get off on my angry tangent. I definitely can do that, bro. But uh, yeah, it's a blessing to be back on the show. You know, Vince Vaughn is still our executive producer, so he's at the helm of things, uh, calling the shots and making sure the funny gets churned out on a regular basis. Now, originally, when you started on the show, you weren't a regular. Am I correct in that? Yeah, I was a guest star, and it was supposed to be just a three or four episode thing, and it ended up working out with the writing and, um, I guess, with my performance. That they went ahead and expanded me to that entire season, um, and then they just promoted me to series regular, which is really cool and a, a great show of confidence by the producers. You know, and my ability to be able to bring some funny and add something of substance to the show every week. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 just so funny to watch the show and see how you guys interact with each other. And like I was telling Steve the other day, uh, it, it's 
you can tell the two guys are friends. You know, not just on screen, but just, just you know, it, it just shows. Yeah, there's definitely um, some shorthand that we have between one another. We're at a point now where we can kind of read each other's um, body language and eye darts. I, I equate it to basketball players knowing where they're going to be on the court. You know, Stockton and Malone never rehearsed half of that stuff. Stockton just knew where Malone was going to be based on what other people were doing. So mm-hmm. it's very similar in acting where if we take a comedic note and something extra funny happens, then I can play around and they anticipate that and react off of that. It's not one bit cut, cut, cut. What are you doing? That's not how we rehearsed it for the past three days. Ah, okay. So and sometimes, and it's sometimes in those moments that you end up stumbling on stuff that's way funnier than what you had written for the day. So there is ad libbing in there, then. Uh, to a degree, it's not um, the norm, and it's not something we do purposefully. But you know, the producers they'll give us one one break where they kind of let us play around with things a little bit more. Hmm. Now, how is it on the set? I mean, here you are. You've got you know you've got some great veterans uh, on the show, uh, but everybody is a comedian. So, is everybody trying to make everybody crack up or anything like that? Not. It, it just depends. You know, we we kind of defer to the veterans. You know, Christine Eversoles, one Tonys, and Dan Loria, and of course Brian Doyle Murray, who wrote Caddyshack. You know, a lot of um, a lot of it's kind of going off of the veterans. And when the veterans are ready to work, we work. And if it's a day where they're kind of in a good mood, we can kind of goof off a little bit. Sometimes in rehearsal, we'll play around with a few lines. And we play pranks here and there on set. You know, it's not, it's definitely not preschool, but <laughs> it's also not a college-level humanities course where everybody's sitting there expressionless waiting for their turn, turn to talk. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can imagine that it must be, uh, you know, with so much talent, comedic talent on the show that it's just, you know, it, it's it's it must be a riot on there. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, been fun to, to produce and play around. Uh, I'll give you an example of some stuff that we've done. Um, so we did an episode that just aired last week where I'm in a spicy food cook-off challenge. Oh yes, with with uh, Jody Long's character on the show, who plays Steve's mom. Mm-hmm. So the entire week of rehearsals, they're giving me the actual food. It's gumbo and it's it's chicken feet and it's blowfish and gator tail and just all this weird stuff. <laughs> but it's all the mild forms of the food. Mm-hmm. The day that we shoot, we, are, we work on a five-day production week, four days rehearsal, five day, the fifth day we shoot in front of a studio audience. So on day five, we sit down, and I'm biting into the foods like it's business as usual. These idiots have made it spicy for real. <laughs> and I'm mid-scene, and I've just taken a spoon, like a heaping spoonful of this food, and now on camera, I have to pretend like this isn't burning my inside. <laughs> but hey, that's what friends are for, right? Right. <laughs> now, see, I was wondering that. You know, I, I figured you guys were just 
eating, like you say, just bland food just so so you could do the routine. But so they really they suckered you in on that one. <laughs> well, that that was the one where they slow plate me for the whole week and then hit me dead in the face <laughs> on the day. So you know, I kind of walked into that one. But yeah, for the most part, on stage, yeah, you just try to nibble if you're eating on camera. I think I'm the only person in the cast that actually eats for real on camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, to the point where if they do multiple takes of a scene, they go, listen, we need you to not eat this burger again because we need a shot of the burger with only one bite in it. And I go, no problem. You got it. No problem. You got it. <laughs> Cut to three takes later, half the burger's gone. I go, yeah, I need another burger. <laughs> so so you, you must be well-fed then on the show. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everybody else just nibbles and kind of pretends to take a bite. They kind of use their acting talents to pretend they're chewing. Screw that. Give me those pretzels. <laughs> Eat a whole bowl of these damn things. <laughs> but, yeah, I, re- I remember that episode. I, I did see it. I did catch it last week there, and then, uh, you know, it's it was funny. And then, then the one about the, what was it, Dead Frank or whatever? Yeah, everybody loves Frank. Everybody yeah, loves Frank, a funeral at the bar for a guy that no one remembers. Yeah, it's, it's it is a funny show, and if people haven't watched it, they really should watch it because it, it's it's got to, you know, you got to watch it. it. It'll just crack you up. Yeah, and I've been very appreciative of you know just the support that the show has gotten up until now, and the ratings have been very good so far in the first two weeks. And you know, like any other show out there, we're looking to keep it up. Yeah. Now, uh, how many shows are you doing per season? Uh, this season, we're doing a season seasons one and two. We did ten episodes. This year, we got popped up to thirteen. Oh, good, good. So that's definitely a great show of confidence from the network in us as being um, a part of their plan for the long term future mm-hmm. with regards to content. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Have you worked with any of the other cast members over time, over the years? No, this was my first time working with everyone, with the exception of Steve Byrne and Owen Benjamin. Um, it's crazy. For as long as I've been doing stand-up comedy, I never even worked with Ahmed Ahmed. Oh, really? Oh. No, no. I mean, you know, Ahmed and I were always cool. Saw each other around, but we never shared the same stage together. Uh, Steve, I knew from a couple of conferences and, you know, a, a bunch of comedy club gigs and stuff like that. But, uh, no, everyone else was, uh, you know, completely unknown to me. Oh, huh. Now, were, were you a fan of any of the veterans that, that are on the show? Oh, hell yeah. Murray, of course. Brian Doyle. Right, yeah. And, you know, Dan Laurie. I mean, it's what's funny about Dan Laurie is that it's, it's a guy who played a father in my childhood, you know, the Wonder Years. And that was the dad everybody wanted. Right, yeah. <laughs> but now, on set, he's almost like a father figure to me and the guys. You know, he's the guy that's definitely coming over and giving quick acting tips and advice and, you know, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, and things of that nature. Oh. And, you know, it's completely unsolicited, but when he talks, we listen. Yeah, And, you know, he's one of the few guys on that set that, you know, if we're goofing off too much and he's ready to get back to work, to get back to work, it's no different than your dad going, hey, let's go, settle mm-hmm. down, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he, he's uh, he's quite an actor. He's he's been around for a while. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, how did you become involved with the show in the first place? Did you have to audition, or? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because with me being the only one that no one knew but Steve, you know, I don't know what the process was for Owen and Amir. You know, I imagine it was a little bit, at, at, at the minimum, mentally easier for them because they had um, they had a relationship with Steve and with Vince Vaughn from their time on the Wild West comedy tour, mm-hmm. uh, which Vince also spearheaded a right. couple of years prior. Whereas I walked in the room and everybody was like, all right, number eight, do your dance. Yeah. So, you know, in, in that regard, it was definitely a little bit of a much more real experience for me. But, you know, I did the audition. I came in a couple of times and finally got it right, I guess, or at least got it good enough to where the producer said, all right, he's our guy. Mm-hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, going back when you were real young, uh, you know, just a little kid in high school or junior high or whatever, were you always the comedian in the class? Hell no. I was quiet, dude. Really? The, the only time I remotely came out of my shell to try and be funny was on the baseball field at practice at the end of the day. Hmm. I felt comfortable around my teammates. And, you know, I'd crack a joke with them here or there, but no one saw that side of me in high school. I really didn't become silly and, you know, borderline class clown until college. Ah. There's no one and there's nobody that went to high school that could tell you that they knew back then that I would be a comedian. So what turned the comedian on for you? Well, you know, I always had an itching to do it. I just never tried it because I didn't want to get picked on. Uh-huh. I didn't feel like dealing with the, you know, I, you know, we moved to Birmingham, Alabama, where I'm from, when I was in the middle of the third or fourth grade. And to get picked on for two to three years straight before you finally kind of fit in, mm-hmm. you never forget that as a child. So you try not to do things that put you at risk of getting picked on. Mm-hmm. And so I I started watching Comedy Central uh, before before I graduated from high school. I came out in '96. I think Comedy Central signed on like '93, '94. And so, you know, that network planted the seed. And then once I got to college, uh, a buddy of mine would go over to Florida State to try and perform music at these talent nights and. You know, one of the nights there was a, um, there, they had a comedian go up and the guy was just okay, in my opinion. He wasn't bad, but in the back of my head, I knew that I could do well. I can do better than him. Well, if you can, then sign up. So I did. And that's all she wrote. So just a spur of the moment thing then? Well, I'd say not in that instance, like, oh, I saw a comedian. I'm going to go up and do comedy right now too. But, 
I went back home, started writing, and that moment of inspiration, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, was a spur. But once I returned to perform, I had rehearsed that five-minute set for two months straight in my room. Okay, yeah. And couldn't be more gentrified. So you were ready. Terrified. You were ready. You were gonna, <laughs> you were gonna do it, <laughs> one way or the oh, other. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is gonna happen. You just gotta figure out how to how to fit it all in. And from that point on, you got the bug and you just kept going, huh? That's it, man. That was 1998 when that happened. 98, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and and you've been on a lot of different shows, a lot of the late night shows, and and uh, you've performed a lot. Of, you were on Star Search, right? Yeah, but I did the re. You gotta kind of put an asterisk on that because I did the reboot with Arsenio in '04. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Do the old school Ed McMahon Star Search, you know, and and it was okay. It just it sucked because they had yes celebrity judges that didn't know jack squat about comedy, mm-hmm. some <laughs> country music. And why is why is I don't even remember which judge Naomi. Which one is the mama? Yeah, Naomi. Naomi yeah. or Winona. Uh, Naomi. Naomi, yeah, I think. Naomi's telling me about comedy. Right. You have had a guitar in my hand. Shut your face and give me four stars and keep it moving. <laughs> but that's not what she wanted to do. You know, she wanted to berate and attack. Oh, jeez. So that so that didn't yeah. go over well. You didn't you didn't really care for that that much then. No, not in the least. Not in the least. But it was still a great experience. You know, any comedy, anytime you get an opportunity to to show what you can do on television for the masses, you know, it's always a good thing. Right, yeah. yeah. And you've released quite a few uh, comedy albums, too, right? Uh, yeah, I've done four or five. Uh, no, I've done three stand-up CDs and one... No, three print call CDs and one stand-up uh, disc. I just did my first stand-up comedy album a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm, yeah. So is that available? And, uh, yeah, it's called Things I Think I Think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a great, great album. Um, you know, it's my first hour of stand-up comedy, you know, so it's my first ever day. If I died tomorrow, that would be all you would have <laughs> to tell the children the tales of this is who Roy Wood Jr. was as a person at that moment in time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, so, so for that reason, you know, I try, I kind of hold it near and dear for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if somebody wanted to get that, uh, do they go to Amazon or your website or something? Yeah, just wherever you go buy music, just type in my name. Mm-hmm. Just type in Roy Wood Jr. and I'm right there. Hell, wherever you go to steal music, I'm sure I'm there too. <laughs> Take it and enjoy. I'm one of those people, I don't care about getting bootlegged. I'm never going to raise hell. There's people who've taken my prank phone calls off my website. And put them on their YouTube channels with little snazzy videos and all this other crap. And you know what? I don't even get mad. I, I oh, you can't take collect money for ads for something. You know what? Let them do it. They posted it because they're a fan. I'm not gonna pay you. So consider those couple of dollars you get from YouTube my my gift to you. Plus, as much stuff as I've stolen from the internet since I was in college. I figure this is my way of giving back and making myself with the comedy gods. <laughs> so, growing up, who were your comedic idols that you had? Um, 
it was a lot of George Carlin, Chris Rock. Um, there was some um, some Sinbad mm-hmm. for his storytelling abilities. You know, and I watched a little bit of Cosby, but I just remember really zeroing in on Carlin, Sinbad, and Chris Rock uh, when I first started. You know, those are the guys that that were on in my house. You know, I can tell you stories all day about listening to Richard Pryor vinyls, and my dad had a lot of old Red Fox vinyls as well, but in terms of people that I watched and, you know, wanted to emulate or wanted to be as strong as, you know, yeah. it was those guys. Yeah. Did you ever get the opportunity to meet any of them? No. I've met Chris Rock once, but I didn't speak. <laughs> uh, just, you know, he, he was in the club. I only want to say I met him. We were in the same building. I see. Okay. In the same comedy club. And I saw him, and he was over there, but, I, you know, I just don't feel the need to bother the greats because he's not going to remember my name and just saying hello, what's that worth? Mm, yeah. You know, plus I'm scared that people are going to be a jerk. You know, I've met celebs before and the meetings never went the way I envisioned them in my head. So now it's just kind of ruined my idea of celebrity. Mm-hmm, yeah. And ever having a desire to talk to people, you know, because... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I spoke to Samuel L. Jackson once, and he wasn't a prick, but it also did go the way I wrote it. Really? So, yeah. No, maybe I should have sent him the script, and he would have been <laughs> more in line. But, yeah, I just feel like the people I look up to, I just rather leave them alone. That way I don't have to alter your stance in my universe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, you got to follow the script. You got to, you got to get it right. Yeah, you're supposed to be nice and then put me in a movie with you. Yeah, what? <laughs> you just barely spoke and kept walking. Well, that wasn't nice. Mm, mm, yeah. So, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the guys that I've watched. And you know, I've I've seen Chappelle and you know I shared a stage with him at a, you know just some local LA comedy nights, but. For the most part, man, most anybody I look up to, I just don't talk to. Mm, yeah. it, it, it's just, it's easier that way. Yeah, yeah. Now, what about when you guys uh, go out on tour? Now, you're actually doing a tour this summer, correct? Uh, yes, sir. Sullivan Sun Comedy Tour. We head out. Uh, well, SullivanSunComedyTour.com is where everyone can find out information about the, uh, the tour. But we're hitting about 25 cities, everything from Seattle to Miami to Dallas all the way up to uh, Boston and Rhode Island. Do you enjoy traveling like that? Oh, I love it, man. You know, you work so hard as a comedian when you first start to get to a point of being able to do big things and to travel. So the last thing you want to do is speak down on it, especially when you fought so hard to get to that place. That's where you want to be as a comedian. Right. It's on the road and working and bouncing from club to club to club. Yeah. Yeah. So bring it on. Give me more. You know, I'll never talk down about the travel. Yeah. But it still you know, must that's be great. And it still must be nice though to to be able to have the the daily weekly job where you you don't have to travel. I mean, it, traveling must get oh, it's tiring. Great. Yeah. It definitely there's a tiring aspect to it. I just I just respect it as part of the job. Right. Yeah. And you know, there was a time where for years all I had was three gigs a quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, I can take you back, you know, 99, 2000, 2001, where I had two performance days per month. So, 
Am I happy to be on a tour where I have 26 days on stage? Hell yeah, I'm happy. Right, yeah. Is it going to be hard? Am I going to have cold in my eyes as I stagger through airport security devoid of energy? You're absolutely (laughs) right. So it's good to have a balance of that as well to make sure that I'm not, you know, completely imploding on myself. Mm. Um, So, you know, it's good to have a balance, but... You know, if this were my existence the rest of my days, I wouldn't change a single thing about it. Has there been any word yet about a fourth season? Uh, nothing yet. You know, we're only in our third week of broadcast right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see how it goes. But if the ratings hold is what they've been doing up until now, uh, I think it's a pretty good chance people will get another round of beers on Sullivan this time. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When do they generally tell you? Is it toward the end of the season that that's being broadcast, I mean? Yeah, it's usually near the end of the season while your show is on the air. Yeah, when we find out, you know, some shows don't find you don't find out until later after the show has already completed its broadcast run. But for us, the first two years, we found out while we were still on the air. That's great. I, you know, I hope so you guys get on tour and we get the call while we're out on tour. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you get uh, another season because it's a. Uh... It deserves another another season for sure, and many more. Well, I thank you, man, and it's all it's all possible because people like you support us and give us an avenue and a and a medium to speak to the people and bark at them, and tell them watch it, CBS, <laughs> damn it, Tuesdays, ten, nine central. Roy, I want to finish up with two final questions. All right. Taking us away from your comedy and everything else. When you relax, what are your favorite shows now and of the past? And what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Uh, let's do movies first. Uh, the first Bad Boys, Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, Collateral, uh, City of God. I like the second of the Dark Knight trilogies with uh, Christian Bale, or the Batman trilogy, just to say. Yep. yep. Um, slowly approaching learning that movie to memory. Um, huh, what else? Um, movies right now, you know, I watch a lot of the superhero stuff, so I, I'd probably say I'm hot on that. Um, as far as television goes, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia on FXX mm-hmm. makes me laugh out loud every time. The same with Archer. Oh, yeah, that, that, FX. that's a riot. Um, you know, both of those are pretty good. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine makes me laugh. Uh, the sketch show Lawyer Squad that airs on Adult Swim, that stays on my DVR. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed that. In the past, I, I loved The Wire. I loved Breaking Bad. I loved The Shield. And I loved The Sopranos. I own the box sets for all of those shows. Ah, yeah. Um, you know, as far as dramas now, you know, I'm watching Gang Related on Fox. I hope you don't cancel it. It's a great concept. Um, it's a good show. Um, that's really it. Uh, you know, the rest of it is a little bit of reality stuff. Oh, you know what else? This is probably my DVR is uh, Impractical Jokers on True TV. There's uh-huh. nothing funnier. <laughs> Not, literally, uh, there's nothing funnier on cable right now than the Impractical Jokers. Well, Roy, I got a suggestion for you. There's another show that's on that's really good, really funny. It's on TBS Tuesday nights. It's called Sullivan and Son. Never heard of it. <laughs> check it out. You gotta check it out. Never heard of it. <laughs> well, Roy, 
thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. I really appreciate it, and uh, good luck with the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I want to thank Roy Wood Jr. so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. Check him out. Tuesday nights, 10 o'clock, TBS, Sullivan and Son. Great show. A lot of laughs on there. Be sure to check them out. And check out their tour, the Sullivan and Son tour with Steve Byrne and Roy Wood and the rest of the gang. They're all going to be there, and it's a lot of fun. Go to their website that we mentioned during the interview, and you can find out all the information about where they're going to be, when they're going to be there, and you will laugh and laugh and laugh. So, that's it. We are just about wrapping up this episode of On Screen and Beyond. But I want to remind you, if you're on Facebook, be sure to like us. If you are on iTunes, leave us a review, and we'll get more people to know about On Screen and Beyond. In the last month or so, we have been just skyrocketing. Every week, we keep getting more and more and more Many more listeners here, and uh, it's all because of you. Tell your friends, let them know about On Screen and Beyond, and we can uh, spread the word and get a lot more people who can listen to these fantastic people who are joining us here on On Screen and Beyond. We appreciate them, we appreciate you, and that is a wrap for this week of On Screen and Beyond. Until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. <music>